Blog Talk Radio. Foster got the dub against Nova. Kind of had to grind it out, but uh, I thought it was a, a clean win. Um, Nanshinga and Kirell, that that was a good fight. That was a really, really fun fight. Nunez and Rakamov is another one we'll talk about, uh, among some other stuff as well. Now, this weekend, um, ESPN Plus, I think it's in the wee hours of Saturday morning, um, Nakatani and Santiago. Nakatani's going up in weight, going against Alexandro uh, San- Santiago, who is, you know, a top five fighter at 118. So that should be an interesting fight. Um, you know, I favor Junto, but I don't know. I think it'll be a good fight. He's pretty crafty. Santiago's pretty crafty. Um, Ancajas and Inoue. Could be fun, too. Edgar Berlanga returns. We'll talk a little bit about that DAZN card as well. Um, some quick stuff with Salida Boxing last night on DAZN. They're starting a, a series on there. I think there's six dates or eight dates, if I remember correctly. Um, so that's kind of cool, kind of prospect mid-level stuff. So that's interesting. Um, and then we have a variety of news to cover. It's funny because we just got this new report about Canelo. And uh you know, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's fighting Mungia now. It went for, and I've literally my DMs and e- my email have just popped off lately after this. See, he's fighting Mungia. Okay, cool. Cool. I, listen, I was just repeating what Canelo said. Does he want to fight Charlo and they're saying, "Hey dude, you know, is this report correct? Hey, Canelo, this fight sells better. Why don't we let Charlo fight Plant, get a nice win, kind of reestablish himself, you know? Um, but if this report's true, which he's always been in the negotiations, um, whether it's Jake Donovan or a couple other people, it's been clear that Munki has been in the negotiations. And now this is the third time he's been in negotiations with a PBC fighter. Charlo, right? That was, I mean, they agreed to terms. Benavides and now Canelo. So, you know, only Canelo really knows, well, unless it's already done, you know, 
Charlo kind of had the mixed messaging. Did he take a vacation right before camp started? You know, or because it's like he posted it on Instagram, but then did a video. It was kind of all over the place, which, you know, that kind of lines up, unfortunately, for him right now as far as being all over the place. But we're going to talk about it, okay? We're going to talk about it. Um, Ennis, we thought he had an opponent. Well, he does. It's just a different one. The IBF has a Mando. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Canelo because he's the one who came out and said he doesn't want to fight Crawford. We'll talk a little bit. What, what's that mean for Crawford? Spence put out a message saying he's going to be back in camp here soon. We'll talk about Tank Davis. We've got some uh, good signs that he's got a fight coming up. And then, you know, there's a couple other items like Charles Conwell and a couple other items we'll get to. Boxing scene as well now has uh, new ownership. So we'll talk it all through. If this your first time listening to the rope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. If you leave a, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would help. Um, but, yeah, you can find it, Rope It Over Radio, under Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Download the podcast app. Get it there. Google Podcasts, Player FM, PodBay, PodTail, whole bunch of different places. Just Google it and find the one that's right for you. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Eastside Boxing, and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, DirecTV Stream. Get the best in streaming TV. Stream the live sports, on-demand shows, and must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere across your favorite devices. They still have that limited-time deal uh, for the choice package, $83.99 for the first two months as a savings of $50. The first package right now, entertainment package, starts at $79.99. Either way, choose the package that's right for you, direct TV stream. Okay. So... (laughs) So I think that you can hear me out there. Uh, we're having a little problems. The, the callers keep getting kind of knocked off a little bit. Press one. That That's that's kind of the ongoing thing. Like, it won't happen a bunch, but sometimes it will happen. Um, just don't press one. Hop on, don't press one. Uh, message me if you want to talk. I don't have a lot of time to take callers because uh, I'm just kind of doing a shortened type show today. But um, – but, yeah, I, I, you know, the messaging, we're going to get to Canelo and all that stuff. Uh, obviously, it's it's working, especially on the browser, because uh, I'm getting messages off the messages. <laughs> um, yeah, because the Canelo thing, if he fights Mungia, you know, that would sell better than Crawford. I'm, or, I'm sorry, better than Charlo right now. You know, we've talked about that before. Right now, based off two things, Charlo being inactive, right, and then his brother having a non-kind of effort performance against Canelo. Those two things, that there was a storyline there, but that storyline needs to be um, rejuvenated, right? Meaning Charlo has to get a big win to kind of get people interested again in that fight because at one point people wanted to see that fight but um and then you know like i said canelo said he didn't want to fight crawford that's what he said because he wouldn't get credit because he's too small so if it is mungia i do think that'd sell better than the charlo fight now it wouldn't i don't think it'd sell better than the crawford fight but He's making it sound like he doesn't want the Crawford fighter, at least right now. Um, so I, I really don't know. Uh, we, we won't know till he announces it. But remember, this is how Canelo works, okay? He doesn't announce his fight six months in advance, generally. No matter if it's been HBO or DAZN or now PBC, like I, on Amazon, I, I don't, I've, you know, rented plenty of his pay-per-views and bottom right, but I've also not you know what i mean so it is what it is um but if they like i said the article that you're going off of says they have the 35 million dollar guarantee so therefore 
the Mungia thing was he's going to sign with Golden Boy in the zone again or something like that. That's what some people were kind of running with, you know. Um, so, yeah, if they're saying, hey, and does that mean – here I am talking about this stuff because I'm getting message. But does that mean that Benavides is in September then and he just wants to fight like a non-active Charlo right now and then fight Benavides? Or is it, is that the combination? Are they getting these last two fights? We've heard that there might be a third fight in here somewhere, and maybe they're just getting the order right, whether that's December or early next year. I don't really know. But like I said, I'll get to that a little bit later. We have a shortened show. I don't want to go too deep on that, so I'm going to just kind of drop out from that right now, okay? Um, let's get in the ring, okay? Foster, Nova, um, you know, I thought for a while, I thought Nova was doing good in the early rounds. Um, I, I thought, you know, it had a slow start the first two rounds. I, I thought it was like one and one after that. Uh, Nova had some nice jabs, right hands to the body. Um, you know, not a whole lot was going on. Um, but. Foster, you know, got his jab going as well. I thought the third round was really close. Um, Nova landed a right hand. That probably may have been the difference. Um, but they're, you know, had a little spot. I don't know. Foster had some spots of success, you know, especially with the jab. Now, I thought the fourth round, body and head, the combinations, right hand to the body and head. To me, he won that round. But then after that, there really wasn't much I could do. Maybe the 11th round was a two-way round, no doubt. But then I thought Foster took, a, took it over, you know. Um, he started landing his right hand and started kind of snapping Nova's neck back. The jab was scoring well. Um, and then he, he stepped up the pace with those right hands. You know, still have that steady jab the whole time, but even more right hands were left. Uh, were landing. Then he started landing the left hook. Um, looking at my scorecard, I did think Foster landed better in the eighth, but that was a closer round two, not just the 11th now that I look at it. Um, huge right hands in the ninth round. And, you know, was there a, a shoulder or a hand issue? It kind of seemed like that with Foster. Um, and I know he talked about that a little bit. Um, but the 11th, like I said, it was a two-way round, no doubt about it. That that could have went to Nova. Um, but then there was a knockdown, kind of a strange off-balance, not necessarily the cleanest shot, but it really didn't matter. It was late in that round. Um, I guess you could say it did matter um, in a sense, you know, based off the scorecards or whatever. But I, I didn't think it really mattered all that much. Um, so it was a split decision, though. Nova did get a 114-113 with the knockdown. Obviously, that's 7-5. to five. Didn't see seven rounds at all for Nova, to be honest with you. The other two were 115-112 and then 116-111, so 7-5, 8-4. I think that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, if I had the – I think 7-5 would be, like, the closest – I could have it. I didn't see it a draw or seven rounds for Nova. Eight to four, seven to five. Uh, could you go nine to three? Uh, I don't think so, personally. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe, maybe it's uh, it was just like that. I don't know. Um, there was that uh, Chevrolet and Cortez fight um, on the undercard. And Cortez uh, just was bringing, bringing the pressure. He, uh, he was working the body early in that fight on Chevalier. He was on the ropes quickly. Um, and, and there was, I think it was the third round, where he was definitely held up by the ropes. It should have been a knockdown. But the overhand right, the body work by Cortez, um, he had him stumbling a couple times. And, you know, TKO, what was that, the fourth round, I believe. Um, so really, really good performance there. Um and, you know, Carrington looked good. A couple other items there on the undercard. But um, just kind of, like I said, a condensed show, so I'm not going to go too deep. But, you know, um, Carrington is very talented. I don't want to take anything away from him or anything like that or anybody else in the card. 
but those are kind of what I'm, you know, looking at there. And then, you know, Lamont Roach and Oshaki Foster would be great. That would be a great uh, fight. Um, I think that's a really good matchup. Um, you know, I know Oshaki Foster probably wants the winner of Veldez in um, – and what's why can't I think of why can't I think of who he's fighting? I'm having a a brain fart, man. What the it's um what the hell? Anyway, that that might be what he kind of uh you know, kinda of goes with. Like he just kinda of waits around for that. Do they want him in that fight? Um and I don't know. I mean, because that's coming up. It's Wilson. There we go, it's Wilson when you just keep talking and forget about it, all of a sudden it pops up. And that's coming like, what, about a month from now or something like that? I think it's, it's late March. So um, the winner of that would be a great ideal for him because, you know, I think that Veldes is a bigger name and, and, you know, Wilson would have put up too good. Or, you know, if he beat Veldes, that'd be big. And, and he fought really hard against Navarrete too. So either way, though, um you know, Oshaki's a solid, solid fighter. Um, it does sound like there is some issues with the weight. Um, whether that means he's going to go to 35 or not, he, he, I've seen interviews of him saying he, he could go up to 40 maybe. Or, or actually, I think he said welterweight, but 35, 40. So he's having some issues with the weight. Um, you know, if he could remain, you know, get maybe two more fights this year. Or at least one big fight. Maybe it would be the Beldes if you know they, they fight in the fall or something, or in the maybe in August or something like that. I don't know, but um, there are some good fights for him here. Um, but you know, being that he is with top rank, there's some good, really good fights. You know, at 135 as well. So um, hopefully he gets, you know, one of these fights here. Um, that would be ideal. Um, just kind of breezing through the non-Shinga and Curiel. Um, this was a really good fight, man. This was a fun fight to watch. It was that rematch. I was in between. You know what I mean? I did put money on non-Shinga. Um, and on the show, I believe I picked him. But down the stretch last Last week, I was kind of in between, still kind of on the split decision, maybe not going his way, uh, just to be honest. Because sometimes when you do it on Tuesday, then you're writing your prediction article, you're starting to think about it more, you're, you know, you're you're looking to it a little bit deeper. I don't know. You know, that one was tough just because, of, you know, the, the knockout that was in that first fight was pretty brutal. But we know early knockouts can be misleading. And even in this fight, it didn't appear 100% to be all that misleading. On Shinga, at times, looked like he was he was going to go again. So um, I noticed this right off the bat, though, the ref stepping into the camera shot over and over early. It's like, dude, what, what's going on, man? Why, why do you have to be in the shot so much? Um and of course, when they're up close, and or if it's a rough fight, or if someone's hurt, or something like that, I'm not saying don't get up close. But some of these refs, man, it just you know when you've watched it for so long, your life, you know where the ref's supposed to be in the ring, and the ref knows. You know, you're not supposed to see them unless they're breaking it up, or I can see if a guy's on the rope, hurt or whatever. Of course, then you're going to get closer, and you're going to say stuff like, "Hey, you got to fire back," or got to show me something, something like that. But this one was like right off the bat in the shot. It was pretty irritating, actually. Anyway, I put that in my notes. I wanted to say that. Yeah, I got a couple messages, actually. Exactly. That 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 sucked, dude, for a second. Then, then he got better, though, I will say that. Um, so I had uh, Nanshinka winning the first round. Um, these short little hooks. We're doing, you know, the trick, left hooks, right hooks, um, right hands as well to the head. He, he was doing really well. Then I thought Kiriel uh, won the second and the third. There was some really good back and forth. 
It was definitely a good inside fight. I mean, great back and forth throughout this fight. Um, but I would say the hooks from Curiel was better, and he was landing to both the head and body. Um, both hands landing hooks on the ropes. You know, Nanshinka, it looked like, man, at times he was landing really well off the ropes. At other times he wasn't. Those first four rounds, man, you could have had it easily three to one. Um, and he was just destroying the body of Nanshinga. But he did turn it around. And like I said, hooks in general, short hooks, looping hooks, whatever, they were really big for both fighters. And I and I thought that Nanshinga in the fifth did enough. I gave him the sixth, although it was really close, um, because Nanshinga was trapped on the ropes a fair amount. But I think the cleaner shot in the sixth round wasn't Curiel. That's just my opinion. But, you know, turn right around, and in the seventh, or I did give him the, the seventh, actually. I did give Nanshinga the seventh. He actually was jabbing, um, and, and, you know, both of them landed hooks again. I thought he closed the round a little stronger. Um, but the eighth was very close. I gave it to Kirell, but that was really close. He was landing flurries, like I said, working that body. And, uh, and you could see Nanshinga, his eye was starting to close up pretty well. He did start to counter well with that left hook and straight right hands. He closed the round again really strong, and that's what kind of made it really close for me, like question mark uh, on my scorecard, but I, did it, I didn't give it to him. Um, I gave him also the ninth round. Great round, though. Um, and, and, you know, he was really starting to beat on him. Like, it, 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 that's where one of those rounds where you're like, man, you know, like this, this is not going good for Don Shinga, but, you know, did he do, you know, he kind of stole the round late. He, he, he kind of stole the round a little bit late. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it, it was just a good ass round. Could have went either way. Um, then left hooks and right hands, uh, you know, Don Shinga really started to uh, unload overhand right, put him on the ropes, um, and there's just a flurry of punches, knocked down, right, gets up, another flurry, and, and it was a wrap. He was just, I mean, that was such a fun fight, man. That's one of the better fights uh, of the year. You could maybe say it was the fight of the year, maybe. Um, I think it was, actually just kind of thinking aloud here. I believe, let me see. Well, there'll be plenty of times to break that down. Um, there's been a, a few here. It's been a lot of years start more on the hardcore level. We've been spoiled sometimes, right? Uh, early in the year, that does happen. But on average, you know, as football winds down and now it's officially over, and then obviously as college basketball is popping right now, but then that'll be, you know, over early April. Uh, then, you know, it's really, well, of course, baseball starts and, and soccer, football starts, but, um, you know, then it's the NBA. But other than that, like, a lot of times in the spring, in summer, and into the fall, um, fall can be kind of light, but there's generally big fights, though, you know what I mean? But, yeah, spring and summer is usually when it starts to pop. Um I mean, they should do a trilogy of this one, dude. Why not? I mean, give these guys a break. I'm not saying go right into it. But um, let's go on to the – so this this fight, Nunez and Rakamov, it's kind of interesting because the press release literally says Saturday. And, you know, I said it on the show. I even put it in a, in a Brian Prediction article. The shit said Saturday, dude. Um, and the next thing you know, I'm kind of doing stuff. You know, all of a sudden I look, I'm like, oh, shit, that fight's on right now? <laughs> like, what? So I didn't see it live. I went back. There is, for us hardcores, if you haven't seen it, um, it was a pretty good fight. Uh, but it is available in a good, pretty good, pretty good recording of it. There are some times where it kind of speeds up 
everything goes back to normal. I noticed that you can actually see it on the the round clock. Um, but yeah, it kind of threw me off, man. And, and I'm pretty I don't I haven't checked today, but I'm pretty sure boxing or yeah, box rec ha- hasn't updated yet because the from my understanding is the commission there didn't even know that that fight was happening happening on Friday and Saturday. Like it's it, it just kind of weird. Um, but either way, it did happen. It definitely happened. Um, and it started out fairly competitive. I mean, it, it had its competitive moments throughout the fight. It just passed like round five. It was pr- Nunez was winning the, the exchanges, but it, but it was give and take the whole time. Um, like probably a minute into the round, though, uh, of the second, um, Nunez just started attacking his body on rock and pop. And he would fire off on the ropes a lot of times, um, and he closed well. But I had it 1-1. The, the third round, I thought he landed uh, the better punches until late, then Nunez picked it up, give rock and pop that one. The fourth round was really close. Back and forth round, could have went either way. But then, like I said, Nunez, I'm looking at my scorecard right now, pretty much won every round after that. Um, he was mostly like pawing with the jab, um, but he started really applying pressure. And uh, like I said, ongoing hooks, winging hooks to the body, big right hands to the head. The seventh was a two-way round um, because you could see Rachmanov was circling pretty well. He'd be on the ropes, but then he'd get off and kind of circle and land. And, and like I said, uh, Rachmanov, first of all, has a good-ass chin, second of all, got heart, man, because he was getting pummeled there. As the fight went on, he was starting to get pummeled. But yeah, the seventh round was really close. Um, and by the eighth and ninth, it just felt like every punch that Nunez landed was hard and flush. You know? Um, and, and as the fight wore on, Rockmanov, yeah, he would land back, but it just it wasn't doing enough. You know what I mean? The ninth was a very spirited round. Once again, the harder punches, Nunez. Um, and I thought Nunez made – well, actually, both of them started moving their head pretty well. Rock Mob, you know, trying to add a little bit of movement, trying to uh, – with his feet in his head and landing back. He hit – I think it was the – let me look. Ninth round <laughs> where he hit uh, – he landed a couple punches after the bell. Um, more exchanges in the tenth. And then flurries upon flurries uh, in the 11th round. That's what ended that fight. Very fun fight to watch. Nunez got it done. Um, And so, yeah, I uh, definitely liked what I saw out of that fight. That that was a fun fight to watch. Like I said, I didn't get to watch it live. Kind of a weird little uh, thing going on there. But either way, got to see it. That's all that really matters. Um, someone messaged me, am I going to talk about the boxing scene? Yeah, I believe I said that at the – I'm pretty sure I said that. I will cover it uh, briefly. I will cover that briefly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Nunez now is the Mando in the IBF for Joe Cordini. In fact, I believe that was the final story from Jake Donovan on boxing scene. Um, final story under Rick Reno's boxing scene. He said my, that was his 12,723rd story. Jake's been putting in the work. So, but this, it doesn't sound like that is going to happen though. You know, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Bigger fight type thing. Uh, more than likely he'll vacate. Um, and I just off rankings and, and reading the, the, you know, the tea. Um, actually, I think Boog's, uh, Boog Williams was has a tweet. Let me check it out. I think I – yeah, here it is. So um, after Cordenia vacates, you will see Nunez versus the winner of Henry LeBron and Charlie Soares on April 13th for the vacant belt. I think that's about right. Uh, it just, it, it just kind of lines up that way. But, yeah, he is uh, – he is the mandatory, so, you know, one or the other, it, it's going to go. Oh, and, um, and JoJo, you know, 
JoJo ended up, uh, you know, or yeah, he lost to uh, to uh, was it? oh Perez, yeah, Jesus Perez. Um, so scorecards, there was like a ninety nine ninety in there, but um, but yeah, JoJo did end up losing. For those who were wondering about that or whatever, um, so yeah. I uh that that's probably what it will be that lines up to make enough sense. Um it'd be fun to watch him against Cortini. I just I think he you know, he's gonna go up and wait. It doesn't sound it that's what it sounds like anyway. Um Okay, so this weekend Edgar Berlanga and, and McCrory McCrory? Yeah, McCrory. They fight McCrory you know, it, it is what it is. We'll see what Edgar, you know, Edgar Berlanga brings. He is the favorite. It's not like an eight to one favorite though. And with him, you never know. He's very inconsistent, and it seems like he may have hit his level. Um, and then also, uh, Andy Cruz is back. I think probably the best, most competitive fight on paper is Antonio Vargas versus uh, Jonathan Rodriguez. My guess is I favor Vargas, but I think as far as – I'm going to check the lines in a second, but I'm pretty sure that is the uh, the close – it may be the closest one all weekend, actually, but that – or one of them, anyway. Let me check it right now, actually. Oh, yeah, and Adriel Holmes, Jr., took care of business over Harrington, who, you know, on the odds was actually a, a, like a – plus 200 range. I think it was up to like plus 270, plus 275, but as low as like plus 220, plus 215, something like that. So that was a nice, really nice knockout. Um, and that was last night um, on the zone. Uh, Salida Boxing. Like I said, they got that that new uh, deal with them. Yeah, actually, here it is. Uh, Vargas Rodriguez, plus 146, plus 138, plus 145, plus 118 in 120. So there you go. It is definitely, you know, the closest matched fight out of all those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, dude's a live dog, that McCrory. Um, I think Berlanga's going to win, but, but we'll see. You know what I mean? We will definitely um, – See, there are two other fights, though, that really, um, you know, I want to talk about. Obviously, Junto Nakatani is uh, just a rising star in Japan. It just didn't, I mean, the hardcores love him here for obvious reasons. He's very destructive in the ring. Um, he's super fun to watch. He's definitely, you know, in his prime, starting to make some noise. He's going up to 118. Uh, to take on Alexandro Santiago, um, and uh, this is a this is an interesting fight um, because you know I think that in fact I don't believe I, I think that Nakatani obviously is the favorite, right? Um, and we all know that Maloney knockout was. Um, the Cortez fight did go 12 rounds uh, with Francisco Rodriguez. He went 10 rounds as well. These are like of late fights, right? Um, but Santiago, man, you you know you look at the he has three losses, five draws. You can't really you can't judge a book by its cover in in this sense, you know, record because first of all, he's coming off some good wins. But most people thought that he beat Gary Antoine Russell, right? And uh, even if he lost to Jerwin, it's a split decision, you know? Mercado, split decision, like two of those, I think, or draws, actually. Both of them were draws. Uh, Nieves, he had a draw with, but he ended up beating. And this is a while ago. This is 15, 16, you know what I mean? So I'm not saying age. I'm saying here. But... I just don't think you can fully look at that and be like, okay, 28, 3, and 5, this is nothing. He's up there as far as rankings at 118. Um, he's a crafty dude, dude. 
He's a crafty guy. And, you know, in his last fight, he fought Donaire. And, um, you know, there's some things in there that, that could make this fight interesting, especially in the first part of the fight, the first half of the fight or whatever. With, with Nakatani, he can end it at any time. So I hate to say it's for sure going the distance. Um, I, I think it's actually – let me just break it down. But I, I think betting both Nakatani by – KO and by the distance actually could get you some money either way. Um, I, you know, he's a big favorite. So there is something to be said about that. But the Santiago's a good fighter, dude. You know, um, he has this subtle movement, right? He's a pretty good defender. He, he blocks shots with his uh, gloves a lot. Um, you know, he's good at like a two-punch combo, and then getting out of range. Like I said, he's got good footwork. He likes to uh, to fight at range. Um, his he, he gets a little wide um, with his right hand. He can loop it a little too much. Um, but he, he can throw a really short left hook. I think he's definitely open to left hooks. In fact, you can make the argument both of them are in this one. It's just, you know, whose would you rather be hit by? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but he's fairly active with the jab, and he'll double it up, use it with different speeds and whatever. He's pretty, kept, like I said, crafty in the pocket, though. He'll pivot, he'll circle, he'll land and then get out of the way. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, he'll either throw a lead right or sometimes just a quick little combo and get out of there. He's got good timing. He's got the ability to counter. So I think he's a good fighter, man. I do not think people should look at the record and just be like, oh, this ain't, you know. And Donaire's a good fighter to go against right before Nakatani. I'm not trying to line them up where they're at in their careers right now, but I do think it's a, it's good. It's a good little test, I guess you could say. And like I said, Junto does leave himself open and he can be countered. That's what kind of makes this fight fun to watch, but as far as Nakatani, you know, he... I like what he does with the jab because he mixes up the speed uh, and he'll throw multiple of them. You know, sometimes he's just kind of feeling it out, measuring. Other times he's setting up his power shot. And um, he's got a deadly left hand, as we know. He'll throw it straight. He'll throw it short. He'll throw like a left hook. He'll throw a looping left. Um, He's got a good output. He's not necessarily going to flash like five or six punches in a row until he's got a guy hurt, but it's still a good good output. And, and literally, like, everything this – like, to the body, dude, like, everything this guy throws, it's got something on it. I mean, besides the jab, right? He does measure, and like I said, different speeds and all that. But um, he's just a thudding puncher, man. And, you know, I, I think there can be fun moments – as he's figuring out Santiago. I think Santiago's going to be able to score, though. Um, so I'm definitely picking Junto to win. Dude's never been stopped. You know, I will say that. Um, that bodes well for him. And, and, you know, how defensive can he get? Like I said, he does a good job of blocking shots. Will he clinch? Will he pivot and circle and all that and kind of use it all? to be able to survive after I think he can, like I said, I think he can have success early in the fight. I really do. But I would assume, you know, like at my bookie right now, right, you can get minus 140 for a knockout, or I'm sorry, minus 140 for a decision for Nakatani, but you can also get a plus, I'm saying it wrong, plus 140 for decision for Nakatani and then minus 140 for knockout. So that's why instead of – that's why I think it's a good bet because otherwise you're looking at like plus 800. Betway has a minus 599, wow. But minus 900, minus 700, you know, what would you rather have? Minus 140 and plus 140 or minus 950, I guess, you know, fans so, I mean, because, yeah, he's basically a 5-to-1 underdog. That Betway has him a 4-to-1. Um, but 
That's what I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet both. So I'm, I'm extremely confident, like most, obviously, that he'll win. But I wouldn't be shocked if it goes the distance. One, he's gone rounds lately. He's going up in weight, but he's fought at, you know, above 115 before. So it's not like, you know, he's a, he's kind of a lankier dude. So the weight shouldn't be a problem. But, yeah, I got him. Um, and then we have... Ancajas and Inuway. Inuway, um, I like this fight too. This is kind of an interesting fight. I think this is this has got to be a really close fight on paper too. Let me look at the odds right now, real quick, so I don't mislead you. Yeah, so I mean, Jerwin is as high as plus two twenty five, and as low as plus one sixty. So he's a slight underdog to, to Kuma anyway. And, you know, anyway, he's a good fighter, uh, you know, no doubt. He His only loss, I think, it, well, his only loss ever was to uh, Umbali. Umbali. Um, you know, he's picked up some decent fights, uh, or should I, say, I should say decent wins um, of late. Um, but, you know, he's only... 20th fight or something like that. He doesn't have a lot of power, obviously, um, with the knockout percentage there, which bodes well for for Jerwin. But he but he can clean punch them. But Ubali was able to, um, you know, he had like a lot of success uh, with the pressure, you know, with his jab, with his jab left hand, a jab left hook. That, that's actually what Inouye is really good at, too, actually. He counters really well with his right hand, uh, the jab, jab left hook, or just, you know, lead left hook or whatever. Um, Inouye is definitely going to have to stay off the ropes, but Ubali was bringing more pressure. Um, and that's what I'm wondering. But, like, as far as, you know, Jerwin brings pressure, but it's just different than what Ubali was bringing. Uh, Inouye is a patient guy. He likes to time people. He likes to counter. He likes to, you know, land some punches. And then show, he likes to bounce in and out. And actually, you could say we've seen that from Jerwin too. Um, but Ubali ha- did have plenty of success with the right uppercut, I noticed, as well. Um, and I don't know. Left hands as well. But, yeah, like, I think the left hook counter, you know, during the exchange, that, that'll be a big thing in the fight. I really think that, just like the other one, actually. Um, there's moments in that fight, though, where Inouye um, stood his ground, and he actually started backing up Ubali. But then that's actually when he did get in trouble, too, <laughs> you know? So it's a little little funky, I guess you could say on both. My thing is, Jerwin, you know, is he going to be able to bring that kind of pressure? Because a lot of times, he's a one punch at a time, or a one punch, or like a one-two punch at a time. Um, But, you know, he's not a slouch. You know, he hasn't been knocked out either, and I don't see why he'd get knocked out in this one. Um, And, you know, like, he lost to Fernando uh, Martinez back you know, he, he lost, actually had a draw with Santiago. So, I mean, he, you know, he's faced some pretty solid fighters. It's just his output and his creativity when, I just, he's just basic. That's the thing. He is a basic fighter. And I just think he, anyway, will be crafty enough, do enough to win the fight. Um, but... Jerwin's definitely a live dog in this one. I'm definitely not saying that he's not. You know what I mean? He is. He definitely is. But, yeah, I, I'm going to go anyway by decision. But I think it'll be a good fight. I just think that what Jerwin wants to do, he's not going to do it as good as Ubali. He won't be applying pressure the whole fight. He will, but he just has this, like I said, jump in, jump out. He he wants to want, land one big punch at a time, that type of thing, and that that 
does start to like, you know, does start to kind of, you know, get a little weird after a while. And, you know, you're not you're not applying enough pressure. Is the point. Um. So as far as fight news goes, because like I said, this is a, um, you know, this is a little bit quicker of a show. Um. I, I you know. Let me talk. So the so the new report, right, is that Mungia is that the PBC, you know, it, it was basically, you know, reported by Salvador Rodriguez, Chava ESPN, right? And it says his tweet was like, PBC bets on Mungia for Canelo in May, right? Jake Donovan says talks never broke off with Mungia. It was just a matter of if it was feasible for May 4th or for later this year, despite his TV Aztec uh, interview last week or whatever. He said that on Brunch Boxing as well. Um, and, you know, even even Eddie Reynoso said that, um, that there's a couple different negotiations going on, and they're just trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, and... and that sounds pretty legit, you know. Um, as far as like, why hasn't it been announced? Well, maybe they are saying, "Hey, we we'd rather you fight Mungia over Charlo right now because we do think, you know, maybe this report is exactly right. It, it does make sense, um, you know. It definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. So uh, we'll see. You know, I, I'm assuming. Yeah, Mungia's folks wouldn't stop the fight like they did with Benavides and Charlo. Um, I'd be pretty shocked if that was the case, you know. Um, but Canelo is, is quoted on saying, I have nothing to gain and everything to lose. If I beat him, everyone will say he's too small, talking about Crawford. But then he also said he'd fight an American, you know, an American next. Well, Mungia, that wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be that right? Um, but Eddie Reynoso confirmed that, you know, he's negotiating with the, the team, and, you know, PBC and Prime and all that, and he confirms the four names on the table, Mungia, Benavides, Charlo, and Crawford. says he'd like to do two fights, but um, he'd like to do two fights, but Saul wants to do a third fight in Saudi, and, and we have heard of a potential that fight, you know, and, and what would that, what fight would that be there? I don't know. Um, and would it be in December? He's done that before May, September, December, or would it be, you know, early, maybe in January or possibly February? He's done that before. So they're all on the table, man. They are definitely all on the table. And, uh, it is up to whatever, you know, Canelo wants to do, but, you know, (laughs) Jamal, you know, Jake Donovan put out this, uh, article saying, you know, he refused to claim that he set the face Canelo, right? And he, you know, he, he got on, he literally, you know, went live and said, dude, I'm actually on vacation right now. I don't know if I'm fighting him or not, but, you know, like I said, I'd do it, but I don't know if it's true. But he also put on Instagram, Canelo fighting Jamal Charlo May 4th, you know? So it's like, well, which one is it, dude? Like, it's a, I don't understand but he, he basically denied that it's a done deal. So that that's kind of interesting there too. So I don't I don't know, man. It, it's it's kind of all over the place, but you know, he decides whoever he wants to fight. You can sign him, but it, it does these things take a while and he is going to fight in Vegas. The first thing is they wanted to probably get those that, you know, uh Tim Zoo Keith Thurman fight get the tickets on sale, get it announced, get the tickets on sale, and then, you know, announce the Canelo fight or whatever. Because um, that's not going to sell. It's not going to sell out. It's going to sell a decent amount of tickets, but it's not going to be some sort of blockbuster or something like that. And to be fair, you know, there's not a ton of blockbusters out there per se, but it'll probably do okay. It'll probably do okay. I'm not saying it'll do bad, but um, – you know, you're not going to – if it's the same venue, which is a possibility, right? I'm assuming it will be. 
then it'd be like, okay, forget that fight. Here's Canelo. Here's Gervonta. Here's, you know, so if you're going to do, if you're going to have big names like a Gervonta or like a Canelo, you do got to sell some tickets first it with, if you're trying to sell one in March. You know what I mean? So that, that probably plays into it as well. But, um, you know, and we've heard that, you know, David Benavidez will officially be set as the Mando challenger in March. Now he's saying March again because that's what he said last year. And then it looked like it creeped to April and May. We're talking about Mauricio Solomon. Um, but he also he said he reaffirmed it to pro boxing fans, but then Solomon has not clarified when the fight will be ordered, but indicated um, that you know he'll be able to face another opponent in May rather than Benavides. So if that's coming, right, then there's a good chance probably fight Benavides in September. I don't know. It, it's really tough to say, man. You know, uh, in, when, from September to May, you know, that is a nice long break. So maybe Canelo's kind of rejuvenated, thinks he can fit three fights in, or at least three, maybe not in the calendar. If it's not December, maybe it'll be, like I said, early next year. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would say Mungia and Crawford right now um, sell better than the Charlo fight, uh, Jamal Charlo just because, like I mentioned, Charlo, by the time May comes around, it'll be a few months short of only one fight in three years. And then his brother, like I said earlier in the show, and I've said before, his brother with that non-performance, casuals, first of all, they'd be like, part two? What the fuck is this? But there's not going to be a a two. It's not going to be Canelo Charlo two. They'd be like, didn't he just fight him? And then they'd be like, oh, that's his brother. Oh, who, what's his brother been doing lately? You know, so it's just, it's just bad timing. Like I said, I'm not saying that a storyline doesn't exist, but Jamal has to reestablish himself with a big win or two. Um, and, and that's the funny thing. If Mungia does get this fight, are those same media members going to say, well, he doesn't deserve it, but it's probably a good fight that sells? Or are they going to be like, I'm so pumped, it's going to be a big seller? Because remember, Mungia didn't have to fight this guy and that guy and that guy to be able to get the fight. Benavides has. Charlo, in other words, has. Um, they've had to go out and establish themselves all the way uh, against quality, quality fighters, rematches and stuff like that. So it, it will be funny, which I already know what's going to happen. But um, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't want the Mungia fight, though. I'm not saying that, you know. At this point, it does make more sense. I, I strongly think that. Probably does better, but this, is, this makes a lot of sense. And like I said, it would be the third time the PBC tried to do a fight with Mungia. So this whole, they never send their guys over, or they never have someone come over there, or fight outside. Are you sure? Are you positive? Because he's the number one guy in the sport, and if they do in fact, by Mungia. Is that what the battle is for? He want, does that, like I said earlier, does that mean Benavides is next because he wants a guy that he feels like has been so inactive that it would be easier than Mungia? I don't know. I mean, he'll probably have to brood out Mungia more than Charlo, but Charlo has a great jab. So it's, I don't know, man. It, it's either way, I don't see either of them beating him. Let's put it that way. I think Benavidez, I would say Crawford has a better chance than Mungia and Charlo at this point. I'm not saying he'd win, though. Obviously, the weight issue would be there. Okay, so Tank's ankle bracelet. The rumors are heavy that he's coming back in June. Whether that's June or July, I don't know, but he did. He did get the, the ankle monitor off. Okay, he posted it. He's ready to go. We've seen him, you know, in the gym probably getting the rust off, right? Um, but now it looks like he's good to go. And also, Spence said in two weeks, I'll be good to go, too, to start training again. So does that mean Crawford and him are going to have the rematch? Does Crawford wait for Tim Zhu? It's tough to say. I mean, Crawford's probably holding tight right now either way because Canelo's got to figure it out. And then once that's figured out, 
the dominoes will roll. Um, Boots Ennis, we thought it was going to be Barrios. That seemed to make sense at that weight class. Barrios is a, you know, fought Thurman. He's fought um, uh, on some good undercards. He fought Gervonta. Um, but the IBF came in and mandated Cody Crowley, which is okay. Um, no disrespect to Crowley or nothing like that. It's okay. For him, it's okay. I wouldn't put Crowley way over Barrios or anything like that. So I just want to see Boots get in the ring. Hopefully he can get out of his contract and just sign right with the PBC and go with it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that lawsuit goes. My guess is that's what the lawsuit's for, just to get out of the contract. Um, but we'll see if the binding, you know, the fact that he, quote, unquote, now is a titleist, you know, he didn't win it in the ring, per se, right? But, you know, in that contract, it sounded like it alleges that if he became, you know, a champion, that he would, it would be an automatic extension. And we see that in other contracts, too. So, Charles Conwell. He's been on the shelf for a while, not getting many fights lately. Signed with Golden Boy Promotions. I'm happy for him. Um, Virgil Ortiz, that is the fight to make. I'm not saying go right into that, but that is the fight to make. That's pretty obvious. Boxing scene got bought out by the owner of Pro Box. Uh, Roll, Jake, Idick, bunch of folks leaving. Looks like Tris Dixon is going to be the editor there and, and, and main writer, Karen Mulvaney, Eric uh, Raskins. Um, pretty heavy UK influence, but it's a wait and see. Um, but, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Jake um, is now with The Ring magazine. Not a big fan of The Ring, but I am a big fan of Jake. Uh, we'll see where Idick ends up and same with uh, Cliff Roll. So, um, this one kind of caught me by surprise. It sounds like Matias and Pero is off now. So if you're looking for who he's going to fight next, just look at the IBF rankings top 15. It's 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 in there somewhere. Um, my guess is Elvin Rodriguez. That fight would make a lot of sense, especially if you're going to do it in Puerto Rico. Um, and there's a rumor out there that Rodriguez may sign with Matchroom. I don't know if that's true. Um, but that would make sense right in that realm, you know. Um, so the, the Paro fight, you know, I think that would be an interesting fight. Um, but that would be a good fight, too. Um, so we'll see. Matias did sign for five fights with Matchroom. That information came out. And the only thing about a guarantee, because I've been going back and forth with some folks on guarantee stuff, um, it says guaranteed a big fight. That's the specific thing. So, um you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see here. Um, what else do we got? Oh, Canelo, someone sent me this. Neither Sugar Ray Robinson or Monzone would have beaten me. That's what uh, Canelo says. Well, I'd have to disagree. Oh, by the way, um, Abraham Gonzalez, I saw this tweet. I haven't, I haven't gotten the email or I haven't checked my emails, but it sounds like for the zone subscribers, the pay per view will be thirty eight ninety nine, so basically thirty nine dollars um, for Joshua and Ganu. If you don't have a sub, it's seventy bucks. So at least they're giving us a discount. I do like that. Oh yeah, Fred made a good point in a tweet with Canelo fight announcements prior to the fight, right? Prior to the May fight, two thousand twenty one, ten weeks announced. Before May, the May fight. 2022, 10 weeks. Last year against Ryder, it was seven weeks. So, you know, everybody calm down. Now, I did see this De La Rosa law, right? Um, the zone under privacy breach investigation. The zone is under investigation for sharing its subscribers' information without permission. This action violates the privacy of their platform users. And he says, if you watch content on thezone.com in the past two years, you could be you could be affected. It may be eligible to receive up to twenty five hundred, two thousand five hundred in compensation. It says submit your claim. Now it says under investigation. 
so you know that has to the investigation has to be kind of finalized <laughs> um I was watching a video of YSM Sports Media, and and it sounds like Danny Garcia was not only offered Tim Zoo, but he he said, yeah, I'd fight it. And then, you know, Thurman ended up getting it. But he's really high on, like, you know, like, I want the the Conor Ben fight. That's what he said. I want the Conor Ben fight. Um, Which, hey, if you're looking for a name, that lines up to me. Uh, talking about the Dalton Smith as in a team on Sky Sports to Boxing King Media, Eddie Hearn talked, uh, responded to Ben Shalom's platform comment because Ben Shalom said this fight should be on Sky Sports. He said, we'll make it r- really easy for you. We'll do the fight on Sky. Make us an offer. You ain't going to make it a, make us an offer. Uh, what you're going to do very soon is pull Adam Azim out of that fight. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of interesting. I think it's very interesting that, you know, um, Danny Garcia's name came up by the way, Frank Martin, that is the rumor. That is the strong rumor of tank Davis's next opponent. He said, just got off the phone with Sam, uh, big announcement coming soon. Tune in. That's what he said. I don't, I don't know. Uh, big baby. Anderson does have a fight with uh, Rad uh, Mihairi or something like that. He's a solid fighter or whatever, but he just beat, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Oh, Yoka. So that's going to headline an ESPN fight. So I really hope they keep stepping him up, dude, um, because this shit's getting a little weird now. It's getting a little bit weird. If you got the guy, do it. Book says top rank, uh, got a got a do something, steer, steer their payoff? I don't know what he said. Top rank got a payoff. Oh, make Jared Anderson versus Jeremiah Milton. Milton's gotten plenty of opportunities in the ESPN. Time for the payoff. Okay, that's what he was trying to say. It said something different. Um, to dictate sports, Cropper said, we signed to do a rematch, and that's what it is. I don't have a date, but I know that's next. It's showing the championship mentality that he has. He lost a grueling fight. He feels like he just wasn't his night. He wants to prove to the world that he can beat me in the rematch. I'll take my hat off to him. It was, it's, I was, it was always respect. So, um, we'll see. We'll see where that, you know, what that, that means, what that exactly means. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, in another YSN sports media talking about Danny Garcia about the Conor Bent fight. He says, if the price is right, like Bob Barker, I'll go anywhere to fight him. So um, I think that's a good fight, man. I think that's a really good fight. I don't I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, someone sent me, oh, God, <laughs> a February Amazon PBC schedule with an empty calendar. It's like, dude, you realize it said in the press release. Oh, it sounded like Anderson's opponent is not wasn't set before for Dan Raphael's substack, but they were interested in matching him against King Kong Luis Ortiz, but it sounded like the asking price was way too much. So whatever, whatever that, whatever that you know means, um, or you know that makes sense, I should say. Um, so we'll see. That hopefully they, they keep uh, you know putting them in there. Um, Adam says Foster beat really different three really different styles in Vargas Hernandez and Nova. He may not scream elite fighter, but it's very good. Yeah, that's a good point. He did he did he did do that. Um, sounds like they're having a little problem with Taylor Cameron trilogy as far as not taking place at Croke Park, the stadium. I'm not really sure exactly why that would be. Rold uh, tweeted about Junto uh, Nakatani challenging Santiago. It would be Nakatani's six-foe rated top ten in their division uh, by either Ringer or TBR in the last seven starts and a chance to win a belt in his third weight class. So so a lot of these offers coming in for Gervonta, if, or at least the offer, I should say, that came in from Eddie, right, for Connor. 
you know, I never thought that would be next anyway, but we now at least have confirmation, know that he's, you know, he's, he's available now. He's off the monitor. And, and that is a thing up until you get all the way off the monitor, right? You don't know 100%. And that has been, oh, it sounds like Conte, Cynthia Conte said, Conte says, Idix is now going to be a, a premier boxing writer. Okay, so they're gonna, he's going to do their, some of their writing, I should say. Anyway, uh, oh, one more thing. There is a two-city uh, media tour next week. It's open to the public Tuesday at NYC, Times Square, and then Thursday in Hollywood. So there you go. That should be a, that should be a really interesting one. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. There's some sleepers here, man. There might be some really good action this weekend, just like last weekend. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of the bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. I'm going to show you. Every dollar worth of what I deserve. Why? Because I'm the world champion.